welcome to Crow Jam. This is the podcast where two sisters and an occasional guest have one hour to develop and pitch a board game concept. Uh, I'm here this week with my sister Georgia. She's uh, getting back on the horse, uh, back on the wall, is ready to return to the climbing center <laughs> after <laughs> climbing update. Georgia had quite a nasty climbing incident. Yeah, just straight uh, off the bat, like two episodes ago, we're like, we're getting into climbing. And then, yeah, I uh, really done did hurt myself quite bad. But uh, next week, I'm hoping to get back into business. Uh, also joining us is Leo, our lovely friend. Hello. Um, friend of the show, friend of the company, uh, former Big Crow playtester. Yes. Uh, credited on one of my favourite funny little RPGs I wrote for giving it the best possible name. Uh, oh, is, is Leo the origin of We Are Not Approaching Swindon? Yes. <laughs> my God. Yeah. Is there anything he can't do? Truly, no. I mean, um, I didn't, I, I did not arrive at Swindon, so... <laughs> uh leo would you like to tell our listener a little bit about yourself and perhaps your like gaming likes and habits yeah um so uh in terms of my gaming likes, um so i play both board games and like video games um more video games lately just because I'm quite antisocial. Um <laughs> but in terms of board games, uh I fortunately like almost all board games from like the really like intense strategy games like you know like Twilight Imperium um <laughs> or Scythe that kind of thing um to you know I enjoyed like you know the more little fun games um i've been playing unstable unicorns with my parents lately yeah i was gonna um, say i've played a game or two of unstable unicorns with leo <laughs> yeah i yeah <laughs> um, mm. uh well you will have to when you visit us play here to slay which abby bought on the strength of its similarly uh cute quirky artwork but i have to say is not the most strategic or interesting game. <laughs> I feel like Here to Slay gets slammed so much, like both on and off the podcast. <laughs> like, oh, have, you, have you seen it being slammed elsewhere? No, or just is... by you, but you just, oh, just seem to love to slam it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, this could be completely like unwarranted. I've played like two games of it. I'm just not very convinced. <laughs> well, you know, a game's got to be convincing. I mean, I... <laughs> I like a game that's got a lot of random stuff in because I tend to like try really hard when I'm playing mm. games and it can make it a lot less fun if I'm playing with someone who doesn't. Yes, um, this is a bigger grief for me, especially if you're more of a gaming type person who plays with less gaming type persons. It's actually good to have a game where they can fluke into a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, or where, you know, you're like trying really hard doesn't necessarily advantage you unfairly yeah all right i am um, i enjoy that as somebody coming from the opposite end <laughs> <laughs> now i'm not really into trying hard but i still quite like winning 
Uh, I mean, I, I like to win, but I don't like it when a win feels kind of unjustified, you know, like where the other person is sort of inexperienced or hasn't like got the just hasn't quite got the trick of the game or something like you want to you want to, to go into battle with a worthy opponent <laughs> anyway um we always invite our guests to bring a prompt word for the uh for the podcast for us to sort of bounce around and this time you give me a long thing to write on the screen because our prompt word is emphasis this is not that long a word, but it's got like a ph in it. <laughs> Makes okay. it feel it's longer than it is. Two thirds of the way to a phd. <laughs> so, did you have anything in particular in mind when you suggested emphasis um, as our uh, prompt word? Uh, I'll be honest. So, the I came up with it. I was watching a, um, a video about like. Uh, maths theory mm -hmm. um and i ended up watching like a vsauce video about like um the axiom of choice and infinities mm -hmm. and i noticed he had like he was emphasizing words really weirdly in a way that like you know if i were to do it like in conversation it would be deeply annoying because he'd you know he'd be like and this is why it works in that way mm -hmm. um you know it's just it doesn't really <laughs> It's, it's just annoying if you're talking to <laughs> but like it's fine in a youtube video obviously um that was what i thought of it but i also um i don't know i the the other thing that i like is um you know uh there's like emphasis like inside words mm. um and if you if you say it like for example emphasis Yes, this it's was something that <laughs> this was something that came to mind, but I can't think where it's from. But someone said that someone puts the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yeah, that's that's a folding ideas video about Suicide Squad. Ah, uh, um, okay. <laughs> I have. I, this is a very specific thing that's happened to me recently, but basically in my D and D game, each of us had the ability to like, um make a little like npc adventuring party that would be sort of like like proteges of our adventuring party and we got to name them and i made a basically i made a little sort sort of like very bard heavy like rock heavy little group which i gave a silly name named after queens of the stone age and a couple of weeks ago, my DM messaged the group being like, I just found out that there's a band called this, like, nice one, Violet, <laughs> which is what I go by go by in my D&D group. Like, I always assume that you've done a clever thing, but I just didn't know about this one. Sorry, your um, DM found out about the existence of Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, look, <laughs> I know a lot of nerds. Um, He would probably know loads more yeah lots of lot classical composers than you almost um, certainly it's just always funny to me um so but th this was crazy to me because I felt like the entire time this has been going on he's been saying the name of that group with the with the like emphasis 
in the way that you would only ever say it if you were saying Queens of the Stone Age. So this whole time I've been like, oh, David's so onto me with that stupid name I gave them. <laughs> okay, interesting. So like, <laughs> I've, I've put something about like rhythm or patterns. And what this is making me think about is, I mean, we do a lot of these on Crow Jam, but this could potentially be a communication game. We do love those. We like to communicate here. I've got, yeah, I thought this was an interesting prompt, not one that I like that like instantly spat out a lot of ideas for me. I've written down four things. Okay. Number one, um, I was thinking about the emphasis on cis because we yes. are a sisters podcast. <laughs> I also thought about this. Um number two, there is one game in which the word emphasis occurs and it's canvas that I've played a little bit recently it has like mm. a rule about emphasis and in like one of the like goal objectives that you can get is is called emphasis and it's about like having exactly one of a certain symbol in your painting right um and so I was thinking about like that kind of emphasis like maybe where you are trying to have something but it has to be like in a certain quantity or position or something or there's one thing that's always valued and like across the game you're just kind of always trying to get that thing which also made me think about when some games have a golden rule like mm. you know the there's a rule and that rule always applies so if there's ever any question apply x rule okay um, can you think of an example I don't I can't but I know that there are ones and I use them like in my job yeah an example I use but for example like the golden rule in patchwork it's always the turn of the person who's behind on the time tracker right yes okay um yeah I yeah. quite like that so there's like a rule that sort of overrides everything so to try and summarize what you've said, I've noted down emphasis as in the focus. So this was something I had on my notes, like, uh, you know, the, the, the emphasis, like when you emphasize something that might be sort of what you pull out as most important, you underscore it. I've actually just in this little mind map, like done a little bit of underlining and things to, to emphasize certain uh, syllables and certain ideas. So that was something I was thinking about. Um, and then the other thing that I was thinking about is that in speech and to some extent in music and also in figures of speech, we might also call the emphasis the stress. Okay. I also thought of this and I did not want to submit stress as like <laughs> a font word. Because... Yes, I totally get that. But I did sort of think that was interesting, like on a couple of occasions we've set out to really try and make games that are not stressful and I can't think of anything we've come up with that has a particularly stressful component to it wacky so, feet wacky feet <laughs> but um but it might be it might be an interesting challenge to sort of try and introduce some element of stress but I'm, I'm definitely not pushing hard for it yeah you're not stressing it I'm not stressing it. Um, so, okay, so we've got some, like, interesting ideas floating around. Is anything here sort of suggesting a starting point for anyone? 
Hmm. Um, I guess if I was combining some or any of these elements, it might be kind of fun. I don't know. I don't know that this would work, but it might be kind of fun to imagine a communication game where it's all about putting crazy emphasis on words, but I just don't know how that would do anything. Like, yeah, this was this was kind of what I was thinking about as well. It's like putting like some kind of speaking game where the emphasis you put on things might do something, but I didn't quite have anything yet. I kind of, I was thinking a little bit about emphasis as in, you know, underlining or highlighting something. So whether there was something we could do with that, like sort of um starting let's say with some kind of board or playing field where everything is equally valuable and then using some kind of highlighting mechanic to so for example like imagining it's a word game mm. like in Scrabble you start with a blank field and you fill it up with letters this would be a bit more like a word search I guess but maybe you get like highlighter tiles like maybe your words don't have to be continuous or something so perhaps this this is a weird one but like kind of a battleship situation where like you have a word that you're either trying to protect or trying to get somebody else to recognize and they have to make guesses. When me and Abby like were like long distance for a little while, I invented a stupid little game that was like battleships with words. And I called it bottle ships, you know, like like messages in a bottle. Um it was weird. <laughs> I actually think it's really interesting that you've brought up like word games specifically because like emphasis is one of like the big ways that like you can communicate what's going on without any words at all, mm. you know. Um, so, so kind of like you can almost communicate the rhythm of a word like with with tapping, like. Mm -hmm and you can show where the emphasis is without actually making a word sound kind of thing yeah or if you if you like if you put the focus on a certain word you can be like you know this thing is important you know mm. like um if i was like you know you schnoodled with the you know if i was like you schnoodled with the schnip <laughs> Like, oh, yeah. all, like you know that schnoodling's the big deal here. Like, yeah, the schnip is, is who cares? Um, or you can use a sentence like "He never took my bike" and put emphasis on every word to give the sentence a completely different meaning. Mm -hmm, yeah. So, like, he never took my bike, or he never took my bike. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's true. I also love that you chose schnoodled as your example word. I'm <laughs> I'm noting it down. 
<laughs> I'm just all about the extremely unhelpful uh, like tangents today, but an, a sort of emphasis thing I was thinking about today is the song Iron Man, where they came up with kind of a cool sounding guitar riff and then they decided that was going to be the whole melody of the song and it sounds really bad. Oh, poor Ozzy. <laughs> he was on a lot of drugs. <laughs> you want another um, probably not that useful tangent. Um, it's to do with the way, like, because vines, um, I believe, oh, okay. like, words rhyme if mm. um, they they sound the same after, like, whichever, like, sound in the word is stressed. Mm. Ah. Um, so, you know, so that's why, like, um, I can't think of any long examples of rhyming words because I'm bad at words. But, like, you know, it's a lot harder to find a rhyme for, like, personification Mm. Um, because the stress is quite early on. There's a lot of syllables. But if they, if it's like bat, you know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> mm. so, um, yeah, so like... Yeah, okay. Resounding and surrounding. Yeah, okay. Mm. So, mm. yeah, we've got like... Some of the stuff that's coming through is almost a little bit like poetic, like rhyme, rhythm, syllables... Uh, I've got a note here, words, and then also not words. <laughs> so could this, we've actually made a poetry game before, but it's been a while. Could this game have something to do with poetry? <laughs> you know what um, is sort of going on, what's, what's happening in my brain is um, the this is like primary school English literature, but the Jabberwocky where it's like full of nonsense words, but your brain kind of like decides what the meanings are. Twas Brillig and the Slithy Toves did Gyre and Gimble in the Wave. <laughs> it's like, I, I think, I think feel like I like developed a mental image connected to that verse the first time I heard it. <laughs> mm. Um I I mean just looking at the like the words not words thing in particular, what I think would be like maybe kind of cool is if you have like one person like they write something down and they want to like communicate to someone else like you know some idea like I don't know you schnoodled the the some you know you did mm. something and then like someone else has to read that out and they have an entirely different like set of things that they want like the person to remember or like to learn um or just like you know something <laughs> like that okay. okay this is sort of making me think about like this is absolutely just the tangent episode so I'm not sure what's gonna come of this but it's now a little bit making me think about the way smurfs talk <laughs> yeah like they I have how does smurfs talk so, well they just have this one all-purpose word they 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 like they they speak english but they just use smurf and smurfy a lot like it's interchangeable okay. with with most vowels not most vowels most verbs most adjectives like so it's it, like smurf kind of has no meaning so it just sort of just contains every possible meaning okay. <laughs> so, a bit like a bit like hoob language as well but like the hoobs like to help you out by suffixing with the thing they're actually talking about. So I, I find it very funny that like you say that because the word that I immediately think of is like versatile. They're, they're just like swear words, 
Right. Yeah. Like most swear words, put them in the right context. They can mean whatever. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. The yeah. um they are the maybe the most versatile words. So in, maybe the Smurfs just they're swear swearing all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a sign of being highly educated. So <laughs> it's swearing a lot. What? Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what it means, like what the origin of the correlation is, but generally the more highly educated you are, the more likely you are to use expletive words. Uh yeah. Like oh. in in normal speech. But then I do as I say it out loud, I wonder if there's kind of like um I, I wonder how the study was conducted. Like, was it just mm. that highly educated people were more comfortable swearing around a scientist because they, they knew other Fair, scientists? Yes. <laughs> Leo could probably tell you something about that. <laughs> you sworn around a lot of scientists, Leo? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, you, you're a scientist, you know, you, you do research and it goes badly because that's how all research goes. You don't um, have to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> Although not as a scientist. <laughs> okay. I will say that I don't, I feel like we've got lots and lots of like nice ideas. I think this might be the nicest like spider diagram I've ever drawn on an episode of Crow Jam. It's if looking you are, good. If you only listen to the audio episode, you are missing out on a truly choice spider diagram on this occasion and you should head on over to the YouTube so you can see it. But I still don't feel like I have a good handle on what we want to play. Like, what's what's the game? We haven't even started the timer. If we leaned into the um, the sisters, the emphasisters <laughs> angle, would this be something to do with kind of like communication, like secret twin language? I was thinking about secret twin language. Um, where you need to try and use like I, I I'm sort of imagining like a game that plays out almost like a role play scenario at the dinner table where you've got mum and dad and you've got like the the twin sisters and there's like there would be like I guess sort of like multiple strands or layers of communication that were trying to happen among the table could almost be like a team game yeah not not quite a hidden role game but like a hidden like a hidden message game yeah hmm. but no I something that sparked something for me I don't have it exactly but it would be something like it would be played in teams of two and it would be a kind of like around the dinner table scenario and well, maybe I'm not sure exactly if it's in teams of two or if it's you don't know who you don't know who your communication partner is. So each of you has one half of a set of codes um, that's like secret words, but you don't you ha you only have like a very small amount of overlap with other people who are communicating, and you're trying to find out who your partner is by like trying to drop in words from your list of code words that would be like made up words like schnoodle but trying to not overemphasize them so that other people picked up on them <laughs> is that anything so you're trying to like determine who you think your counterpart is the person who's got the same language as you 
maybe everyone mm-hmm. has like a couple of words like there's some really similar sounding words but they have different meanings for different teams it could it could even not necessarily be like a like a team game but like um like you could be given like a thing like each person playing the game could be given like uh like a dynamic or something with each other person mm. um that they then have to like figure out and like you know depending on what it is only like um you know you you speak a certain way or you know that kind of thing okay so maybe you're dealt like i'm gonna start the timer is that cool yeah yeah cool so it's some kind of communication game and we think it involves what it sounds like to me is that it involves like quirks basically like there's there's different you might have like multiple speaking quirks and you've got like relationships with other players uh and we also think like secret or nonsense words might be part of it this is this is making me think um i just listened to the friends at the table episode where they did uh inhuman conditions the one about like um, oh i've seen uh, that reviewed yeah it's so the game is like um it's a two-player game and there's like an interrogator unlike uh you know the person being interrogated and the person being interrogated is, is secretly like a robot a human or like a murder robot um and there's just like if you're like a murder robot you have to like do these things in the conversation like you know like compliment the um the you know the interrogator or like change your story or whatever and if you do that enough then you murder them and i don't know that seems um it reminds me of that i think that's Hmm. a really strong reference so that game in itself is inspired by blade runner um and the voigtkampf test Mm -hmm. um so yeah, I think that's something to like hold in our mind, both as something that could be like really useful inspiration and also something to not replicate. Mm. Uh, if you'll pardon the pun, Blade Runner fans. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that I've I've never played it, but I've seen it played, and I think it looks genius. Mm. Um, so yeah, what what came to mind when you started talking about the kind of um. The, the ways that you might relate to other people around the table was that, yeah, you would have some kind of, so it could be like hidden role. So it could be like a dinner table conversation where like, I don't know, this is very, very stereotypical and maybe like a little too normative, but it would be like, you know, mum, dad, sister, whatever, aunt, uncle, or you could make it like a little bit more, you know, it could be a bit more broadly defined, so you could just sort of see like parent, child, family, friend. You know, keep it a bit more neutral. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. your job is to sort of try and uncover who, like, uncover allies and not allies by using some kind of like semi-shared language, while also disguising your role um, and you and I think maybe also you get like a randomly generated speaking quirk that you have to adhere to to kind of yeah I'm trying to 
I'm sort of trying to, as as we're talking, I'm kind of trying to like hook onto in my mind, like what we could do that could make a game like this that isn't like other games like this. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, definitely. Um, the thing, an idea that I find really, really fun would be like, um, is like having like game, like having very like game token things. And I think it would be really fun if you had like, if there was just like a pile of game tokens and like you could take them in like a really obvious way, but like own, like some of them you could just take whenever. Um, and some of them, like, you know, if you were like trying to collect as many of them as possible, it could be like, you know, there's like this token, which you don't care about. And then there's this one that you do care about. Um, okay. And you just like take them as like fun little. I don't, no, I, I really I like that because mm -hmm. what I'm imagining is this like, I, I basically a few minutes ago Miriam said something about like sisters at the dinner table, which obviously like resonates for me. I have a sister, mm -hmm. etc. <laughs> um, but like I also don't want to make something that's kind of like I, I don't know that's got any kind of. I don't really want to make something that has a strong relationship with the nuclear family, I guess. Mm. Like, I don't think that's particularly inclusive. I think it's, you know, uh, something where it's, its representation isn't neutral at all. So what I was imagining was like a really surreal family dinner. And so the idea of there being like bowls of game tokens where there would usually be like a bowl of peas is actually kind yeah. of... Yeah, I was uh, kind of thinking the same thing. Like that if we had these game tokens, they could sort of abstractly represent food just in the kind of like yeah like sort of like mental landscape of the game and taking them could could mean something in but, yeah I was also thinking that they could play a part in the the sort of communication part which would be to do with you know asking someone to pass you something or serve you something could be like a mechanic right so like mm. if you've got this communication objective but then your actual objective is to like have a, a particular plate of tokens <laughs> oh <laughs> but maybe you can only serve yourself certain things and you can only other people can only serve you some things but you're not allowed to use like maybe the tokens don't have an official name only like a pictogram and then you learn what word describes that for you okay gosh there's Something a lot like of that ideas. i think like i'm very much a fan of like giving other people tokens yeah <laughs> um just because like you know it's just very fun you know if you just like do this like because you know it feels really like a game action doesn't it like giving someone a token and if someone's like here have a token and they're like why and you're like don't worry about it it's a token. <laughs> fact, yeah here, take another <laughs> See, I feel like there's quite, there's definitely like, I don't, I think that the things we could do with these tokens are varied and we probably couldn't include all of them in a game, but there's definitely like, I like the idea that there could be like, sort of within whatever we're doing, maybe there's some tokens that, yeah, like you can take, you may take one of these when somebody else like uses X kind of word or when somebody else or like when this there's such and such a seating arrangement or like anything like that and there's oh I love that to, there's something to... something happening there is really ticking a box for me 
trying to like deduce what the reasons that people are doing things but then mixed in there could be plenty of stuff that's like you know like next to meaningless or you could just be doing things to kind of fuck with people like leo said just like here have a token so what i think i like about this is that it's got an element of communication and deduction and it's a hidden role game of sorts i think but the goal it's not a hidden role game where the goal is to like find and expose an imposter like in a way I think all of you would have secret quirks that would make it harder for you to communicate with everyone else so there's no imposter to find you're all like you know you're like aliens meeting at the cantina or something and none of you speak the same language Mm. but your um your goal is actually to just get like the plate of food that you want to have but everyone's got their own little rules not just for how they speak and how they interact but also for like what things they can touch whether they can serve themselves or others what they get to do when someone else does something does that all that all like that all tracks for me but then I think I want to know what's the conversation about because if we remove all sort of conversational context then it becomes a game where you're trying to do those things and you're largely talking about those things I feel like it's nicer if there's kind of a fictional surface layer okay yeah I I think that because I mean what you could do is like you know have it so that like participating in the conversation in a certain way is you know what rewards you the thing you know like you could have like um you know, like you could have your stereotypical person who always wants to talk about aliens, which you've just written there. And like, <laughs> you know, every single time they mention aliens um, uh, without someone being like, what's going on there? Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so... You know, like, they they get the benefits. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so you could have a rule where it's like, anytime you mention unusual topic, you get to swap something on your plate with something on your neighbor's plate Mm -hmm. so like that's a fairly conspicuous action and a fairly conspicuous topic so maybe you have to kind of like hide it behind something else that's happening Mm. and maybe other people are incentivized to keep the conversation topics sort of like small talky and banal or like there's a there's kind of a, a norm of conversation I guess the other thing, the other thing that like stands out to me is because with this like relationship thing, right? Like usually when I, you know, usually when there's like conversation happening, there's something that I want to say to someone, you know. Mm. And like if we're if we're doing this kind of like surreal like dinner table thing, right? Like you know, no, everyone everyone's gonna go in there and they're gonna have like, you know, this thing where they're like, oh man, did you, you know, like may- maybe I talk to like. Um, you know, maybe my friends there and like we really want to talk about like this game we've been playing. Um and you know, so you could have it so that like you want to talk about a thing to a person. Mm-hmm. But then you would have to find out who that person was somehow. Like so that That's adds true. a bit more deductive. No, I think I like I was saying that because I like that. Like mm-hmm. there Unless could be people is just determined by like seating or like yeah it no I suppose yeah 
I, I, I think, think are, are are there actually any hidden roles in this? Like it that nothing that we've said so far makes it hidden role. There's hidden quirk and yeah. there's hidden objective, but there's no hidden role. So we could have name labels. Yeah, it could be like open roles. So it could be like your your species card is kind of front facing and it has one thing that is like one rule that everyone knows applies to you. Yeah. yeah. If this wasn't um aliens it sort of feels oddly like um you know mad hatter's tea party yeah esque like everyone there's kind of different and is sort of talking on their own mm-hmm. um you know that on their own agenda and in their own way no one's necessarily a good listener or making cohesive conversation <laughs> It could also be like dinner with the surrealists, I guess. There like, is, I already guess, there has a game been... called Surrealist Tea Party or something. I'm okay. Well, that's fairly sure. Let me just cross that out. It does <laughs> ring a bell now. You've said it. This is. Have you? I think it's a book. There's a book where they like try to have a conversation with someone, but like for some reason, like they're like in the bath like just forever mm. I think well unlike <laughs> you know or oh I think I might be I, I might actually be thinking of um there's the the Discworld book with like the monks of time oh yes like, but the abbot's very old but he reincarnates so he's having mm. like this you know like um you know conversation about the fate of the world and then he just like, injects like what bicket yeah um, he's a baby <laughs> yeah yeah because he's a baby um, so yeah I mean it could just be so Miriam do you have like it's it's totally fine if you do do you just think that doing like an alien thing is just super played out oh I don't know that I'd say it's played out I guess hmm I guess I mean if if anything's played out it's Alice in Wonderland right so like (laughs) if there are accusations of played outness going around I deserve the top prize but there is something about it that setting that feels a bit more I guess a bit more flavorful to me mm. um but I don't really know why and I'm I'm totally cool with it being aliens I mean I feel it's easy to go like it needs to be weird so it's aliens but I'm very open to it just being something that's much more like just weird just like you know there's a talking teapot and there's you know an octopus wearing roller skates these are such lame <laughs> examples of weird things I'm sorry I'm quite tired I could I, come up with something way weirder if I'd just woken up <laughs> I, I I do like the idea of like the, the the idea of like weird in the way that like dreams are weird where yes. it's like kind of normal but it's also like um you know like but also nothing really makes any sense if you, you know, the moment you start, you start looking away, everything's gone. Yeah. Like, and it's just like... Um. We both love to try and make games about the dream space. Also, just on this particular day, uh, internet love of mine, Brian David Gilbert, just released a video about a dream. I like, watched that video. Yeah, I was going to reference that. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's the closest I have ever seen, with with the exception of like maybe towards the end, but the middle part of it is the closest I've ever seen anyone get to actually capturing what a dream is like. 
yeah. in a in a piece of filmed media. He is, I mean, he's a complete genius. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's very very well done oh that is like the song spoiler alert by they might be giants uh that is probably the best song for song for doing that thing but i will need to check out this video as we were saying this this made me think about possibly an unworkable possibly a slightly cruel thing that this game could do but it could have a role in which if you were playing with all people who'd played the game before except one person, you could give that one person a role and then and then fake teach the game. And the person just <laughs> the person just has to sit there while you have this like completely like detached from reality conversation and try and figure out what's going on that feels like a house rule like <laughs> like we create the game and then uh, people start to do things like that i i mean i do kind of like i mean i think that general weirdness and the idea of being dreamlike are potentially quite compatible in that like the way that dreams are weird isn't like the way that people things people try and imagine are weird like but there's some overlap i i also think i think it works quite well with like the way we've been talking about the game because you know because like you dream about like sitting around at the table with like people you know and like eating and you know like you'll you'll see like i don't know a thing of yorkshire puddings and you'll be like yes i want tons of those but you know like you take one and then suddenly they're all gone or something mm. i also like because part of the thing we've been thinking about is sort of to do with how you relate to other players around the table and one of the most interesting things that that happens to your brain in dreams is when it knows that a person or a thing is something but when you actually sort of look at it it's obviously not that thing so someone's front-facing role could be quite different from sort of their actual mm. behavior if that makes sense yeah okay so we think this is kind of like it's like dinner in dreams like you're you're sitting around the table with a bunch of figures who commonly appear in dreams so it would be like your primary school teacher your driving instructor <laughs> <laughs> and also somebody from your primary school who you haven't thought about in 24 years <laughs> and you wake up and you're like hmm <laughs> sam golding <laughs> james blandford <laughs> um yeah or is that like is that not too specific but like maybe those things aren't as universal as I think mm. yeah um I don't know yeah I like that and I feel like the card that you would have in front of you like or perhaps it could even be like a collection of cards but it would say things like you know like when a person you're sat next to um like gives a token take and then there would be a pictogram representing the thing you can take mm. and then there would be like um give any token anytime someone uses a verb so you basically have like free reign on giving people tokens and then there would be a third thing that would be like um 
yeah it would be sort of quite loose Hmm. yes so I I I think this sounds really good and I like all the rules and I especially like that the cards never like name the tokens they just pictogram the tokens Mm. and I feel like to like bring our nonsense words back into the mix maybe everyone gets dealt some I think it would have to be done with a combination of cards so it was different every time but everyone knows the name of one type of token Mm -hmm. um and like maybe there's a mechanic by which you can guess what a token is called that you don't know and if you're right then that becomes part of the shared vocabulary but what would encourage anybody to use that word yeah it's so, true and without it just being like here have some groblops i do I... love i do love the idea of someone being sat there being like these these groblops are fantastic margaret <laughs> <laughs> i i like the idea of like um the word uh, like, like you were saying with like like the kind of sister language where like mm. over a long time, you know, you just kind of like figure out like these ways of communicating without anyone else understanding. And yes. I think it would be cool if if there were like secret words and like, you know, you could like maybe like um, you if you, you could like guess someone else's like secret word and like mm. what it meant. And then if you did that, you were like a team from that point on or something like that. Oh. Um, yeah yeah I I do see this was something that I was sort of in my original my very early thought about this would be the idea of secret teams where you didn't like where you didn't know going in who your teammate was Mm. kind of thing so whether that was something that was predetermined or you could like organically create it through figuring something out well I, I also like how, like I think it works quite well for the dream if like you if you if you if it is a team game but the teams are determined like in the middle of the game I, that, that, I have that an does idea just feel like the dream thing for how that could work and I don't know if it would be like too it you might have to place restrictions on how it could happen but it mm-hmm. could it would be something like anytime somebody gives you a token which is the token that matches that you know the like secret nonsense name of then they are on your team so mm-hmm. like giving tokens then would have to be a bit more restricted i guess but like the any time like even if they don't know they're doing it if somebody gives you a token and you're you're the one who knows that that token is like log bag you we've got to be careful in case team, we speak like, speedish you perceive but, that they're on your team but then what does that mean for like mm. these are i'm really interested in a lot of the ideas that we're throwing around here really interested but i still don't i feel like how do you win yeah well <laughs> so i feel like my my thinking is that how you win is that in front of you you each have a plate and you're trying to get some fairly complex arrangement of tokens so i'm imagining there's lots and lots of different token types like mm-hmm. like minimum five probably more and you're trying to get some arrangement of those that's maybe like totals 10 and it needs to be exact and the first person to do that can flip over their sort of meal card their like order card and be like i win 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I feel like part of it is that I want you to be able to ask for things but you can't point or anything. You have to ask for them by name, but you have to uncover what they're called by paying attention to what other people say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not exactly sure. But uh, yeah, what I was imagining was that you would end up with like a plate with a load of like differently shaped tokens on it. Maybe like a few of them match and a few of them don't. But that's like your target is a meal. Mm. The, I think sorry, Leo, you go. Yeah, so the other the other way I I can think of this like the token thing working is instead of it being like get these tokens to win, is have it be a bit like um like settlers of Catan. Um, where like, you know, you get the tokens and you can use them to do things that like, you know, they, they don't, you know, they, they lead to you winning, but it's not like, you know, do this and then you just win, right? So could I have shamefully I've never played Catan. Okay. Um so I don't know what the different tokens do for you. I know I've that in either. I know that in Catan you can do like trading so maybe it's like uh I mean so I just can't get, Yeah, sorry. Get we'll so, talk at once there. Get in there, Leo. Sorry. So the, so to just explain what I mean by Catan. Like the way that you win settlers of Catan is you get 10 points. Right. And you can get those like you get points for like having big cities um, and having lots of cities and a few other things. But like so the main way that so like you just have like, you know, if you just have the resources to build a lot of cities, then you can just build a lot of them and, you know, you'll win the game. Um, and so I like. Because I think that. um well, for example, if you have like a specific thing that you're trying to get, um, then I think that like, um, I just really like the idea that there's a token that doesn't matter at all. And that like, you don't know until like, you don't know until the end of it. Like you don't know while it's happening um, that it doesn't matter. Um, and so, you know, I think that that might, that's, that's where I'm coming from with that. Anyway. I think that in a lot of these scenarios, when it comes to, like, if there's anything to do with needing to have certain tokens, whether or not they, like, have, like, functions or whether they just are, like, on your meal goal card, if the way that we're handling them is that they have secret names and that different people know the secret names of different things it does mean that we need to inter introduce like slightly more defined rules about conversation like mm -hmm. for example a way it could work is you could ask for a trade where you ask somebody like oh so and so could you pass me one of your uh zumbles and uh if you know if they pass you the right thing x happens if they pass you the wrong thing y happens or it could be like i can't remember what my other example was but it would be it there would be more it, you wouldn't be able to just have free form kind of conversation and people doing things it would need to be a bit more defined or there would need to be a turn structure or something like that 
Yes. Yeah, I feel like a turn structure could help with this. Um, something I was thinking was, what if you have the um, the glossary visible to everyone? So like a list of words that is equal to the number of types of token, but everyone only knows the identity of one type of token. And also there's probably more types of token than players. So you're not allowed to reveal your what what you know directly but you could do it indirectly so um on your turn you would say miriam can you pass leo some scrumbles and if you know what scrumbles are you could act on that and if leo knows what scrumbles are and you pass him the wrong thing he could do something on that but we get like a bit closer to some information. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, Again, it just, just doesn't really feel like fun. I keep getting no, stuck on what yeah. makes this game fun. <laughs> it's gone away from the fun thing, which was kind of more of an abstract, um, more of a loose sort of surreal conversation, I think. Yeah, that's... Okay, so maybe like the... The tokens are cool, but maybe we kind of like pull back from that and think about what else. Well, I think that the tokens don't need to go away, but the names might. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I, I don't like the hidden information because it's just like because it's it's not interesting as well because it's just like you know the thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you can't because also like you can't do that without like just like name dropping it. Really, okay. I think so. It's about like conversational rules where sometimes if a certain like word is said or a certain or if someone else does a certain action you get to take an action as well so you might have a rule that says anytime Miriam takes uh x number of this token you take y number of this token um or if this happens then pass this token to the person on your left Mm. and your so then Coming At back least to some of it would be related to what people are saying, right? Yes. Yeah. Right? Yes. I think it should be conversational. Mm-hmm. So it's not about what other people are doing, or it's usually not about what other people are doing with tokens. It's usually about what other people are saying or what you're saying. Yes. But then I'm back to sort of like what motivates you to say things. I think that doing things, like, I think that in order to do anything, you would have to say something, right? Okay. Um, like, um, you know, like, if I wanted to, like, um, I don't know, you know, if I wanted to, like, get some tokens, or if I wanted to, you know, get this token, it would be, like, I'd have to, like, jump in and go, like, oh, yeah, my dog's just like that, you know? Um mm-hmm. Just you like... can only touch tokens when you while you're talking. <laughs> Maybe that would be too chaotic, but like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it would be like a rule, a rule which says that you can take something whenever you do a certain conversational thing. That one's like cut and dried, yeah, because you have to be doing that thing in order to take anything and you need things and then 
There's another one that says you can take something when somebody else does something and hopefully in the course of trying to do their thing, they'll allow you to do. And then there's probably a give rule as well where you can get rid of tokens. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Um, mm. um, okay, so in that case, I feel like it is back to trying to come up with like trying to complete a particular set like I like that I like 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 I like everything you've just said Miriam and I feel like if there's like a take rule you know a swap rule a giveaway rule all of that is for me to do with like refining to try and achieve a set Mm. does that Um, make sense are we how do we feel about that I agree the other thing you could do is, um, have either of you played a War of Whispers? No. Sorry, what? <laughs> a War of Whispers. No. Okay, so the way that game works is like there's like a map with like four nations on, but you don't play any of the nations. Uh, and instead, you get like uh, you have like a thing which like represents like how aligned you are to each one, um, and that's all hidden information. Um, and so it's more like, you know, you have some general rules about like the state of the entire board rather than the state of like just your own thing. And like, you know, maybe you could have it so it's like double on your own plate or something. Mm. Um, but like, like, I like the idea that like someone might like care what's on your plate because, you know, like uh, to take it back to like the family, right? Um, you might want like your children to like make sure they eat like, you know, enough vegetables. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're the children, then you might be concerned that your sister has more meringue than you. Yeah, exactly. And then, so one way in which you could do something about that would be to have a token type that is rare, mm-hmm. um, and that everyone has rules to do with being able to move it around. Okay. Um, so like your your rule set would include so I'm imagining for whatever reason I'm imagining a piece that's like a big tomato wedge it's like a big red half circle mm. um and there's like for a five player game there would be three but all five players would have some kind of rule that would allow them to move it and all of them would have it as part of on it would be like a common victory piece Mm. so if you thought that someone seemed too concerned with getting it you could concern yourself with moving it off their plate even if it's not something you needed on your plate yeah something Mm. like that that definitely makes sense to me um Mm. yeah i think this is one of those things where like the specific rules are things that would probably be have have to be like balanced and yeah lots of play testing Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely like like how that all sounds. And I think that the your idea, Georgia, of the plate where you need 10 things and there's quite a mixture, like it kind of, e- even if like your sort of rules and stuff are more randomized, it might give you a bit of advantage. Like say your plate needs four gurgles and you're you're like you can take a gurgle when you do x rule um Mm. means it you know means that you you can get those four gurgles pretty easily 
but then you know you might thereafter be... you've still got to do everything else yeah you've got other things to do so can I take a moment to quickly describe what I think we have and then I'm going to sense check it with you guys so if there's anything you think I've missed or anything that I've included that we've since eliminated so what I think a setup table looks like is that there's like a bunch of dishes in the middle with different numbers of very distinct tokens yeah. Then in front of each player, there is a front facing card that tells you something about them. It's like their dream characteristic or something. It's it's a known fact about them. It's a rule they have to follow. Then also in front of every player is two or three randomly generated rules that other people don't know. Uh, and then finally, everyone has a secret target plate that they're trying to do. The types of rules that they have might be uh, whenever someone talks about themselves, take a yellow token. Uh, when someone uh, uses someone else's name, move a token from one plate to another plate. Things mm -hmm. like that. So you're listening out for things. You're acting when you hear conversational things and you are trying to curate your own plate, you're trying to block other people if you see them taking particular actions, and you have actions that are prompted by you doing things and actions that are prompted by other people doing and, doing and saying things. So doing yeah. and saying for both mm -hmm. things. And then is play just kind of like constant and simultaneous? So you're not taking turns, everyone is just talking, acting talking acting and it's just all the way it's like a very busy dinner or are there some kind of is there some kind of structure I like in in my heart I like that format better where it's just loose and like unstructured but I definitely feel like there there could be players who are disadvantaged by that yeah I I think that I, I like the idea of because, well, I mean, this goes with, like, my other note. I like the idea that your turn is you saying something, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so it's just, like, saying a sentence. That gives everyone the chance to hear what's said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. maybe, um, maybe your turn is saying something and there's kind of a grace period where people can respond conversationally, but then it moves on to the next person's turn to say something, if that makes sense. Yeah. Either that or, like... Um, like, you know, the turn moves to, like, yeah, to whoever you're talking to, and you have, like, a weird turn structure. But, like, oh, you know, obviously yeah. some sort of mechanism that stops it from being, like, you know... A back and forth. Yeah, just a back and forth. So it could yeah. be, I mean, you could have, like, a talking stick, um, mm -hmm. and it you would just have to have the rule that, like, uh, you couldn't... Play keep away. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't play keep away. So... How I think this might work is that let's imagine a five-player game. For whatever reason, the 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 component that I'm imagining is like a little a little standee, so like a little cardboard stand-up figure uh, that's in front of everyone and it's standing up. And then when you take your you say your sentence, take your action, anyone else takes an action that they can then you chuck a beanbag to the next person. And because you've spoken, you flip down your standee. And you can only ever chuck a beanbag to someone whose standee is up. I guess it'd right. be a, a little bit more like a guess who 
kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just a thing that flips down and up easily mm-hmm. that shows whether you have been or not. Or, you know, you could just flip a card over to say like, yeah, I've been this round. And you yeah, can only... I, yeah, I like the idea of like, yeah, the rounds where like, you know, you can only talk like, yeah. I mean, maybe not once, maybe like if you did it like twice or three times. Um, okay, so you could is... you could have three little like guess who's things in front of you and flip them down. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then you couldn't like finish the round until everybody had their their dudes down. So yeah, how that um... could look, if you imagine that everyone already has like little like card holder in front of them that shows their like their identity and some kind of rule, is it could just have like three little like clip on clips on the top that you just like take off as you get to speak mm-hmm. so that you can just see how open someone is and then yeah. if if two people do want to play keep away that's fine but then they will end up yeah like being kind of ruled out it means that you can kind of have that flowing conversational like structure to an extent but everybody still gets the same opportunity to speak yeah yes I also like this because if you haven't been talking for a while, then it simulates that thing of like you haven't been talking for a while and you just start rambling. <laughs> um, yeah. Because you mm-hmm. haven't talked three times. Much familiar to me. Yeah. Okay. I I think that's pretty good. So I feel like we are actually getting quite close to it, but I sort of want to revisit this like dream theme. We're at 20 minutes, just as check-in. Left. 20 minutes. Yes, 20 minutes left. I was going to say, we're only 20 minutes in. (laughs) So, yeah, do we sort of want to like, I think it would be good to jam on, I guess we can kind of do like the theming and the branding a little bit together. But like, I wanted, I want to know like, who is at this, this dream dinner party? Ha ha. Yes. Um, is that like, are we talking about sort of character character archetypes that we feel are common in dreams? Or are we talking about sort of like slightly more goofy, abstract, like, um, I don't know, talking oven glove? Yeah. Definitely I'm... not sat in my kitchen recording this. So I feel like characters might be better than archetypes. Mm-hmm. So like just having maybe like a really good library of character cards that people can randomize every time. I think that might be more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be interested to know, Leo, if you sort of had a thought about like what the characters were like. Um, I yeah, I've been wondering. One thing I've been wondering is like with the roles, um, like you know, so like what you what I thought would be you could maybe do with the roles is like in your character thing could be like of it could be like your aunt but they're like everyone at the table's aunt and like you know um and mm. uh, no that doesn't really work because like you, if you had like your aunt and then someone was your uncle you'd have like an aunt who thought their uncle was their their aunt <laughs> or something you no know, like you'd be like you know i'm the child in this you could have a where they're both like i'm the child in this relationship mm. um which might be a bit weird um I don't think weird is necessarily a thing we're trying to avoid in this game. Yeah, but it, I mean, it might be like 
um because if you're like i'm the you know like someone might be like it means that if you're the aunt you're really like um i guess you're maybe not like yeah if you're like if you're forced to act in a certain way could we i mean we could sort of split the difference in like like some of that stuff could be happening in the private what i've been thinking of as the quirks um Mm -hmm. In terms of like the front facing, like, but you could also have a talking oven glove who acts as if they're everybody's aunt. Like that could be. Yeah, I feel like it would be nice if the art was kind of like not necessarily reflective of the character. Like if those were separate things, they wouldn't need to be separate things. But I quite like that idea. Like, yeah. What what would be cool, I think. Um, Let me know if I'm just like, throwing random stuff in that doesn't need to go there but like if you have like if the quirks each have like a characteristic and like as you like progress through the rounds like you know you finish round one and then you like reveal another characteristic so you know like the first one might be the aunt and then you're like you reveal like i'm also a talking oven club <laughs> um, um okay um, but like you know i'm still your aunt and then you know like <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I do like that. So it could be that um like your your private cards, your quirks, say it's like a three round game. Mm-hmm. Um like you have three private quirks and only one of them is still secret at the end. So yeah. three are secret the first time, then you reveal one, then you reveal another one and another one. I don't know if that like Yeah, I mean it's good in that like co- the the rules of the conversation become more convoluted as everyone knows them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I like that because I like the element of like randomizing what the characters are like a lot more. So, you know, they're made up of a set of uh, like disconnected ideas mm-hmm. that are stuck together by randomization. One is sort of a character archetype, and one is like a a picture of a a little guy and one hmm. is like uh <laughs> i guess a like an interest or a yeah a like speech. like a personality thing right? yeah mm. um yeah I mean, and then you've you've still got your rules which are like start out private mm-hmm. yeah when it when it comes to rules your description that you did georgia the the actual conversation do we actually have rules about how somebody can talk or is it are the rules only to do with when token things happen so what I had in mind was that the rules are about when token things happen but then I feel like we have lost part of our sort of our original mission so maybe there should be rules about the way you talk well I think that what you could just do is have it so that like you were saying that you can have like game actions happen when someone says like a certain thing you could just have like a very simple like game action that's like um you know you get like um my dad always does this you could like you just get like a very simple like point whenever you like say a brand wrong um okay or like with a weird intonation he always says like netflix <laughs> um, like it's um well, that brings us back to emphasis, which I was worried we were losing a little bit. Okay, so, that works because it could be like a secondary 
victory thing you know some some games have that that where you're like primary victory goal is getting your meal goal but you could but if you win 10 points by doing your thing 10 times and nobody notices that's also a victory mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah i think yeah. so i don't want to with with only probably like uh 17 minutes or so to go now i feel minutes. like geez um we've got the rules i think as reasonably close to pinned down and I'd, I'd like to think a little bit about so I'm starting to get a sense of what it looks like I think it's like um quite visually busy I really like the idea of all the tokens representing food but none of them being food shaped at all so it'd be like could I have some purple cubes uh could I have a marble um yeah you know what I think would be really cool um, did you have uh, when you were kids like those pieces of paper where like they were different images based on the angle? Oh yeah, lenticular. Them yeah, them. If you if 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 most of the game pieces were like that, all the oh my god, yes. Like <laughs> <laughs> this is what's been missing. Yes. Luckily, we don't have to make it. <laughs> the oven gloves going lenticular. <laughs> <laughs> And no, not because just never mind. I was going to do a lentil joke, lentils but on it. Yeah, I don't worry. I, I was working on it as well, but I didn't have it. Um, okay, so the 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 box. You better believe it's lenticular. Yeah. The the little pieces, like the the cubes and spheres and stuff. I think they should be like all different textures, like some wooden ones, some clear plastic, uh, shiny oh, metal. Yeah. Like you can all... get quite nice, sort of like gummy seeming pieces. A game called Honey Buzz has very like uh, pleasing gummy pieces. Like there's bits of sea glass. It's the mm. most expensive to produce game we've come up with in oh weeks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then like everyone's cards have like yeah lenticular shifting art. Uh, okay, L- like I feel like it's got a visual now. It feels very nineties to me. There's something extremely, I mean, I guess stuff being lenticular. Also like holographic foil on stuff. Yeah. It's like 90s kind of like hyper color, like mega graphics. Yeah. Mm. And there's like, and there's one card, which is like see-through. Um, <laughs> you don't know <laughs> what like... a wasp nest you've just stepped into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. yeah uh, Transparent cards is a, a big crow staple in that I pitch them for nearly every game and I very rarely get them. <laughs> <laughs> it's the closest we've got to a podcast meme. Um, all right. And finally, I, we just need a name. Yeah. Um... So, I mean, Dream Dinner Party isn't terrible, but it doesn't tell you anything about the game. Oh, yeah. Um, I like the idea of having um, like a name that's just like seems a bit nonsense. Like um, there's a game that I haven't played because it doesn't sound very good, but it's called Shower with Your Dad Simulator. And it just sounds mm. like what is going on there? <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> um, so it would be like um... hmm yeah, it's not it's not a useful suggestion, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to just write down some of our 
uh, like key words and ideas. So dream, dinner, nonsense, secrets, food, weird. You could call it something like, you know, like eat your purples. Mm. Uh, I, I don't like, I don't hate that <laughs> like, like like a standard like dinner table thing mm. but like you know wrong yeah um, or or like pass the globnacks oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, eat your purples and pass your globnacks are my two favorite <laughs> options mm. right now mm. Mm. uh or like at my school, uh, I mean primary school, the dinner ladies always used to say less talking, more eating. You could have less mm. eating, more talking. <laughs> That's, that feels like a tagline to me. Yeah, me. <laughs> Eat your purples, etc. Just makes me think of the YouTube series that's called Just Puddings. <laughs> it's a it's a pun on just desserts. I see. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Okay, Miriam, given the choice between those two, do you have? <laughs> um, oh, they're both kind of corny in different ways. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I've like, heard you make a suggestion. <laughs> no, I mean, I like, but that's good, but I'm just trying to figure out which, which corniness is the one that we are. It's more like, about what we're trying to do. Yeah. No, honestly, I guess they're kind of the same. Um, Pass the Groblax. All right. The game <laughs> is called Pass the Groblax. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have probably like a very small number of minutes left. So, Miriam, do you want to do like a quick recap? Yes. So... Past the Groblax is a conversational intrigue game where you are trying to uh, collect your ideal meal of abstract tokens which don't have names. Those tokens are in different quantities in the middle of the table and you have a character, you have a... Uh, set of rules that determine when you can do things with tokens and they always relate to whether you're saying or doing something or somebody else is saying or doing something a lot of these rules just to do with like the kinds of things you're talking about the kinds of words you're using um we uh the game takes place uh in turns but turns kind of bounce around the table in a conversational style until within a round each person has spoken three times whenever somebody speaks anybody else has the chance to like uh interact or do any token actions in response to that every person also has a private rule where they can score a victory point uh, each time they do a particular conversational thing and if you reach 10 points before anybody else has completed their like you know meal goal that's another way to win man I went a whole roundabout way describing this game um, 
Is that most of it? <laughs> I think I think that's most of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a this was a very interesting one. I feel like because we started with such an interesting prompt, like it took a long time to get started. But then once we got rolling, I felt like we almost had too many ideas. Like, yeah, I think the introduction of the tokens made it very um, interesting from the get go to me it was it was the piece I was looking for to to like help me understand what was going to separate this from other I guess like conversation and intrigue games that I know of yeah um so yeah nice one Leo yeah big ups to Leo Uh, and thank you very much for bringing such an interesting uh topic as well (laughs) so I think all that's left is for us to say thank you to our listener, our loyal listener who tunes in (laughs) as far as we know. (laughs) Uh, And so thank you, Miriam, for hosting. Thank you, Leo, for being an excellent guest. Thank Thank you, Georgia, for all the art and uh, annotation. And to our listener, we'll see you again in a week or two for more. Crow Jam. Cut call. <laughs>